Mississippi is still a very rough place. You know, um, people is not just walking up like they used to do in the past, walking out, you know, shooting a man down or getting maybe two or three hundred people carrying you out and lynching you, but it's, it's in a most settled way. Um, you know, they let you starve to death, not give you jobs. These are some of the things that's happening right now in Mississippi. See, Mississippi is not actually Mississippi's problem. Mississippi is America's problem. Because if America wanted to do something about it, what has been going on in Mississippi, it could have stopped by now. It wouldn't have been in the past few years, 40, uh, between 40 and 50 churches bombed and burned. You know, this leads me to say, you know, all of the burning and bombing that was done to us and the houses, nobody never said too much about that, and nothing was done. But let something be burned, you know, by a black man, and then, my God, you know. You see, the flag is, is drenched with our blood. Because, you see, so many of our ancestors, was killed because we have never accepted slavery. We had to live on it, but we've never wanted it. So we know that this flag is drenched with our blood. So what the young people are saying now, give us a chance to be young men, respected as a man, as we know this country was built on the black back of black people across this country. And if we don't have it, you ain't going to have it either, because we going to tear it up. That's what they're saying. And people ought to understand that. I, I don't see why they don't understand it. They know what they've done to us. All across this country, they know what they've done to us. This country is desperately sick, and man is on the critical list. I really don't know where we go from here. Uh, where do we go from here? That's a question that's been asked. Max, what, what, what year was that speech given in? Do you recall? Um, No, not immediately off the top of my head. I don't. I'm sorry. Okay. We're going to get a follow-up. Hopefully we can get it because that's a speech. Um, it's actually over, 1968. I, 1968. 1968. So yes. we're talking about a speech over 50 years old, relevant still today. Uh, the same struggle, the same uh, response, the same people, the same problem, you know what I'm saying, and we're still fighting for a solution. Welcome, everyone, live from the plantation. Uh, this is a platform for those behind the fences, behind the walls, behind, behind the cages, and those who have experienced it. Uh, this is a platform for us to lift up our voices and be heard uh, to make sure that we're not muted out from these conversations. Um, so we created this platform specifically for that purpose so the majority of people that you hear on life on the plantation actually be incarcerated or there are people who have actually been inside the um, system because we believe that the mainstream media and a lot of the other platforms out there uh, try to do too much talking, and that's how the message gets distorted. And so this is how we seize our voice, seize our opportunity. Um, this is somewhere where no one has to be our voice. No one has to speak for us. Those are phrases that we see a lot. I'm going to be their voice. I'm going to speak for them. 
Well, what we need people to do is to extend their platform and to allow us to amplify our own voice because we can speak, just extend the platform. Uh, tonight we'll be talking about Tuckwiler. We have a special guest on tonight, a lady who has spent over a decade in Tuckwiler um, prison. She, um, of course, you all know uh, Fam Queen team is leading the initiative to uh, shut down Tuckwiler. Uh, there's a Facebook group on Queen Nicodia. Be able to come on. She's going to share you some information about that explain to you what she's trying to do, what type of uh, contacts she's trying to make with the community on the inside of Tuckwiler and the community on the outside of Tuckwiler. Uh, we have someone on, like I said, who's on the outside community now. Uh, she's going to enlighten us and just talk about her experiences. So this is a night for the women. You know, we always hear these conversations. A lot of times the voice of the women is left out. But we know that uh, Live from the Plantation um, part of the platform for Free Alabama Movement. We're not the only organization involved. Uh, Max Parthas, Abolition Today, Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, uh, Plus Party, um, so just some of the organizations, Sam Queen Team, just some of the organizations, uh, Justice for Be Frank, and other organizations, Epic out of Ohio. Um, so um, this is part of what we're doing. You know, we're reaching inside, we're reaching onto these plantations, we're lifting up these voices. So without any further delay, oh, I'm sorry, we're going to get an update on uh, Kinetic, Just, uh, Kinetic Justice also tonight. Uh, we're going to have to give an update on his situation and another brother. Um, also, we're going to get an update on taxes, talking about the income tax return and what's going on with that. Uh, this is an opportunity to bring resources back to people incarcerated. And we just encourage people to take those resources and use them in this struggle for freedom. I mean, don't forget about your fight for freedom. You may not get enough individually. But if we put all our money together and pool our resources, we have enough to fight with. Also, we're going to get an uh, update from uh, Brother Kent over in Mississippi with the, the 13th uh, event that's coming up. And so, like I said, without any further delay, we're going to go ahead and turn it over to Queen Nikki D, fans Queen Team. Let's hear from Nikki D. Hotel, hotel. This is Queen Nikki D from the Fam Queen Team. Um I have our sister Kim on the line that has done more than a decade in Tutwiler. She's just going to tell us a little bit about her experience um, in being there. And um, for those of you that don't know, Form 1040, Form 1040 for the stimulus. Um, Sister Kim, you want to go ahead and just tell us about your experience in Tutwiler? Yes. Hi, my name is Kim, and like they said, I've done – 10 years in Tuckwiler, and that was one of the worstest things, the worst place I could ever be. Um, it's so hard for the women in there. I mean, it's hard for everybody, the men and the women. But the women, it just, it's, I just don't know how to explain it. But the thing that got me is like, you said like count time. And the shower hole, that's in the regular dorm like six females, whether uh, the men officers will come in there and they go to count and they're, all of a sudden they'll say, miscount. You count six, but you can't move while they count or you get rolled up. So you have to stand there naked until they decide they do count. Or you use the bathroom, you got to stay on the toilet while they're looking at you. And, and so many that got raped and if you tell somebody you're going to get rolled up, so many had to do different things to even make it because they didn't have no resources out there. So they would do sex with favorite officers to survive in there. And when 
we have to go to work like at the factory or we have to go to school, to trade school. We have to squat and cough. You know, you have to script. You got to uh, squat and cough. Well, a lot of women, you know, we females, we be on our cycle. So, you know, you swear to cough, you know what's going to come out. So we have to go through that too. And the women that are pregnant, you know, there's a lot of women that got pregnant by officers with the baby. They go have the baby and the baby just disappear. And the ones that don't get their family, don't get in touch with their family, well, they take them baby and they put them in the fall and they mm-hmm. never see their children. So they did this big thing like the feds came in. They supposed to have been fix everything up and had everything right until 2014, but they only just patched it up. And when they when the feds came, you know, truck rider had over the capacity of how many females is really supposed to be there. So they used to pack us up in the middle of the night on a Friday, take us to the county jails different county jails until Monday when the feds come in and do the count and then bring us back. So it, it, it's real bad and the women in Tuckwater, they are crying out for help. Um, and I hope you just get out here and I thank you, Nikki, for uh, creating this, um, this site for the women because they really need help and it's, it's awful. The building should have been condemned but it's nasty. It's condemned. They condemned it two or three times. Such a dorm case. And they really need your help. And not only that, they need somewhere to go after they get out because the women don't have no resources. We don't have nobody. We just lost. It's like you've been there like 20, 30 years. Like now, everything's running up by computers. Where the people that's been in there 20, 30 years, when they left the street, it wasn't no computers. Though. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even cell phones back then. But they don't have nobody to help them. We don't have no resources. They don't do nothing for us, nothing. So when you come out here, you be lost. So they wonder why the women come back, comes out here. You can't get, it's hard to get a job. It's hard to go to school. It's hard to get grants. It's hard to get, I'm talking about any kind of thing. You can't hardly get houses or, no city, nothing. You just lost out here. I mean, you already be damaged from what you've been through in there. So I just hope and pray that by y'all doing this and having a special segment for the women that somebody will hear this and help the women at Tuck Rally. And thank y'all for inviting me. Well, we thank you. Um, we want you to stay online if you don't mind. Uh, maybe somebody wants to call in and, and ask a few questions. Um, I had a couple of questions I want to ask myself if uh, if you're okay with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, – okay, so, you were most likely incarcerated when the uh, DOJ report come out. We saw all of the stuff uh, that they said that was in that report, and then we saw the follow-up media reports said that they basically came in and fixed only one area of the prison. Uh, there were some serious allegations about sexual misconduct, sexual assault, sexual abuse, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just a whole gamut of things. So uh, being there during that time, one of the questions I want to ask was, after the report came out, what type of response did y'all see? Uh, how did it affect or change, or did it not affect anything or change? And what are some of the things that maybe saw in the report that needs to be highlighted, or maybe there's something that should have been in the report that was not in the report? You know, um, I think that was in 2014 when all this supposed to happen. Didn't nothing really happen. Right. The only thing that they did that we seen was they stopped. Uh, yeah, from uh, searching us the means. We didn't have to get naked and stuff no more. 
they started letting us um, um, have more like a little more freedom. Like for us, you're paying because you had to be, had to go to the office, shift office, to get like pads and stuff when you're on your cycle. And some of the time when you go, girls go up there, if the men officers didn't feel like it, but well, we uh, come back later. We'll get the pads later, so they made it where you don't have to do that no more. And okay. they stopped, but they just put um the little shower styles in there, so the men would see us naked, and that's about okay. it. You know, so, okay, so but so, at the same so, time. Okay, we had saw on the news, like, the news media came in, and they said when they came in that they were only allowed to go into certain areas of the prison, and they had put the shower stalls up. They had put the shower curtains up, but they told them that they couldn't talk mm-hmm. to y'all. And so one of the news reporters said that the women said that they ain't helping us. We still need help or something like that. So when you say shower stalls and curtains were put up, did they put did they eventually put them up throughout the entire prison, or was it still just in only a small section of the prison? Put them out through. Then they did do that. Okay. They put them out okay, they did come back. Okay. The prison, but they lied about. They said that the other one allowed to say nothing to us because that's that's not true. They lied about that. They still was allowed to say something to us, you know, and they still had to come in there and do count. But it wasn't that bad before the stalls got in there because they used to see us butt naked. But when they put the stalls in there, they see, like, the top of our hands, I mean, our heads, and if they can't see your head, they have to raise your hands up. So they did okay, do that. Okay, 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 okay. So basically what you're saying is prior to that, then the officers just had male officers could just come in and women could be in the shower and they could just, you know, look and see the whole new body. They were, and you know what I'm saying? So that's basically what was going on prior to the report coming out and them taking those little steps. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. That's on the questions I had. Uh, Max, do we have any callers at this time? Any callers want to call in? You have any questions you want to ask for our guests tonight? We do have callers. And I just want to add some information to the story. You know, there's articles that come out about it. And they said the DOJ found out that for 20 years, the staff had sexually abused and harassed women like Kim with impunity and that they had been raped, sodomized, fondled, coerced prisoners to engage in oral sex, and that the officials discouraged prisoner reporting of sexual abuse by, for example, placing women in segregation after they make a complaint. So this has been mm-hmm. a horror story for 20 years right. now that they are very familiar right. with. Now, you said and you no wanted to get Mama Ray on, right? No accountability. Well, no, 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 she's actually, no, no, she's not coming on. She's just uh, coming in. Cute. She's going to be hosting our, uh, hosting a line for us. That's oh, okay. All right. Well, we're going to start out with 5911. 5911, you are live from the plantation. Good evening, everyone. This is Jamelia Land calling in from California. Um, I just want to, I want to thank you, sister, for coming on the line, um, for sharing, for sharing your story. Um, I apologize for everything that has happened to you. Um, your voice mm-hmm. is strong. We we need we need to be able to hear that. And I want to let you know that um, there are a lot of women out here that we recognize. I've, I've never been incarcerated, but I understand the plight of being a woman in this corporation. And um, you know mm-hmm. that we will continue to do what we can to to be supportive. But we need to be able to hear from you all. Tell us what's going on. How can we best uh, help and uplift you all. How can we help to fight for for the rights of you all as as women? So uh, that's all I wanted to say. And just say thank you for um, for being courageous and coming on and sharing with us. 
Um, I appreciate that. You're more than welcome. All right. Uh, I'm going to open up 7151 next. 7151, uh, you are live from the plantation. Suggest Brother Andrew. Oh, I, I didn't want to uh, come on, bro, but yeah, uh, if you, you can hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, I'm sorry, but yeah, sis, uh, man, hey, big ups for you to come out and speak. It was strong, powerful to hear your voice, but like the sister said, uh, I too would want to know what is there that can be done to help you? What can the listeners do? What is uh, What do you think the type of aid can do you need and what can be done to help your situation? That, that's all. Okay. Okay, so it's happened. The women's need some kind of system like computers. Anybody can help them with computers or, you know, the technology that they got going on now today. They need people that can come in and talk about also the protest where they can get out of them dorms that's so filthy, like, they say like Dorm K. It got four toilets. Inside of there. So while you sit on the toilet, it got two sinks. People that are brushing their teeth or washing their face, they've been over the people that are sitting on the toilet. That's how small it is. So they had to be in that dorm years ago. They, they took them out of there for about a couple of months, but they put them right back in there. And they talked this big old talk about they build a new prison. The men don't need no new prison. If they're going to be a, a new prison, which I hate they're going to build this prison thing, but if they're going to do that, they need to put build something that the women can get be comfortable in. You do have people with life without. You do have people on death row, but at the same time, they're in cages. You know, the mental health people, somebody need to take up for them. They like in a cage. They might well be like in a dog pound or something. That's how big, small the cages that they're in. The women really need somebody to step up. And they really can't really call out. Anytime a woman try to call out, they give you these numbers that you can call. If somebody said, I would say something to you, you've been mistreated. But as soon as you call, it goes straight to the shift office or the warden, and they come and get them and put them in bed. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot to be done to help them. So, the women that's in there, and they need help. Yeah. Brother Benu? Hello? I thought uh, Queen Nikki was in. Uh, oh, okay. Hey, Nikki. Oh, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so what ahead. I'm understanding is, and so the group that we have is called Shirt Put While We're Down on Facebook. Um, it's something that we're working on as far as um, organizing protests at the prison, being able to help people that are currently incarcerated, that um, previously incarcerated. And what I understand um, that Kim was saying is, like, be able to teach the current technology, do protests about the dorms that are condemned, um, focus on the mental health, fo- focus on the people that have life. Um, and then something that we all know is that ADOC has no grievance system. Like when you when you file anything, it goes straight back to the warden. So you're, it's basically going to the facility that you're in. 
Um, so that's something that, yeah, that's something that's not just, um, you know, as far as the women's prisons, that's something as far as the women in the men's prisons. So those are all things that we want to work on, that we want to bring exposure to, especially the 2014 DOJ report in which we know basically nothing has been done. Um, same thing with the men's prison when it came out, nothing has been done. So those are the things that we want to bring attention to and demand change for. Yes. Queen Nikki, can you speak on, like, people know that, don't know that a large majority of the women with with, with the life sentence and uh, so-called violent crimes are victims of domestic situations and whatnot. And so these women are, are sometimes wrongly prosecuted, over-prosecuted, over-sentenced. And so they're also dealing with some of these same issues that everyone's dealing with, whether it's a habitual offender, life without parole, life sentences. Um, from your communications and whatnot with women at Tuttwater, can you just speak to that, speak what some of their concerns are in that area, uh, what particular legislation they would like to see change uh, to improve their conditions and explain why the situations are, are impacted by the areas where they say there needs to be the most change so I haven't had um, the opportunity to speak to a lot of different women that have life or life without parole um, at Tutwiller. I have had the opportunity to speak to a few. Um, and, you know, their their communication with me has been about having the opportunity to be able to take classes, to be able to get degrees, to be able to have some type of rehabilitation program to where they can show that they're rehabilitated, that they're able to, you know, be a part of society um, just different things of that nature. So that's been my communication so far. I'm kind of new into the process, so I haven't had the opportunity to speak to a lot of people. Um, and hopefully, you know, soon I'll have the opportunity to bring one person on the line that I've been communicating with closely um, that has a life without parole sentence. Um, if I could say this, yeah, the people that um, they got, like, life sentence, but life without, you know, one time they would let them go to trade school, they stopped there because they said by them mm-hmm. having a sentence, they didn't need no trade. So they're not, the, they not even allowed to go to trade school at all. And it really hurt them because they had to pull a lot of people out. They were going to school. They was enjoying that. But they passed the law somehow within the system that if you got life or life without, and you wasting their time, they're not going to teach you because you're going to be in prison the rest of your life. So... Ain't no need or you get no trade. But who said that they were going to be in there the rest of their life? We done seen people with life and life without get out. So they done made the decision so the people that, that got life sentences can't do nothing. They don't have anything to do. And I think that's wrong, and I think they should be able to do something, you know, go to school or where they want to get a trade to pass their time back. But I don't think it, I thought it was wrong for them to just pull them like that because they feel like they ain't going to never get out. Yeah, that's a good point. That's something that they did statewide in the state of Alabama and made it to where they put a lot of people out of trade schools and stuff saying that they can't enroll in those classes until they're within five years of their parole day. But people who had life without parole, mm-hmm. they are barred from participating in any kind of education or rehabilitation. So while the system mm-hmm. will say that these people are not rehabilitated, they're not able to get out, they don't offer opportunities for rehabilitation to, to show improvement and whatnot. So it's a it's a it's a it's a conflict of interest right there. Um and like I said, that applies mm-hmm. equally to everyone. So what exactly 
one of the questions that I wanted to ask, uh, just to kind of deviate just a little bit, um, I don't know if you're a mother or not. Uh, I know that there are a lot of mothers who are a lot of times a single, uh, you know, a custod- legal custodian of their children. So, you know, what is that experience like? You know, how do women incarcerated deal with that? What kind of coping? When y'all sit around and talk, are y'all in group set, play settings? Are y'all at your bunk? You know, after visitation, what is what is that experience like being a mother or being in an environment where mothers are and this uh, separation from the child? And then, you know, how do y'all deal with that, cope with that? You know, and that's one words I'm talking about painful experience missing your kids. Um, a lot of people like got the visitation or now one thing so what I do often is good they got the AIM program which they bring the kids to you. You know, every month and they feed them, they give them books, you know, all kind of games and stuff. So that's one of the things Tuck what I do. They big on that allowing the parents to see their children. But when it's all over you get to so if you don't have no one to talk to. You know, a lot of people can't deal with it. They end up on medication or, or they end up in mental health. You have to be strong to survive it, to be in there without seeing your kids. And the people that don't have contact with their children, they ain't got it out. You know what I'm saying? They didn't lost it. They lost hope. They lost their faith. You know, they just feel like they just lost everything because they're not able to communicate with the children. And that's mainly because of their family. You know, don't want to have no, because once you're in the prison, the family feel like you, it's just over for you. You only be around your children. But that will make a lot of people do the right thing to get out, to be with their children. But like I said, that Tuck Rod do offer a good program when it comes to that, with the AIM program, because they bring the kids to you every month. But, you know, they ain't been doing it because of the virus. So I know a lot of people in there probably hurt and depressed. So you have, a, you have, Groups that you can talk to, like the people that come from churches and stuff, they talk to about their children. You have your friends, and well, once you get in prison, you know you adopt a state family. You have your state family that you can talk to. So that's how a lot of women cope with that. Okay, thank you very much for that. I really appreciate that. You're listening live from the plantation. We have um, Queen Nikki D from Fam Queen Team in the host queue with us. We're listening to. Uh, Kim, she's been incarcerated. Sister Kim did over a decade at Tuckwiler Women's Prison in the state of Alabama. Uh, we're talking about the experiences that women go through uh, and what we can do to help um, for issues that deal specifically with women's needs, but also in the overall struggle uh, by the prison slavery. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side of the break. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, Queen Nikki will be back in the host queue with us on the other side of the break. Uh, and we're going to just want to put one quick question out there uh, for her to answer coming back on the other side of the break. What about the labor? What type of labor is being done at Tuckwater? What kind of jobs do they have? What kind of resources are being made available as far as, you know, pay? Uh, and when children, as far as child support, what type of opportunities are being afforded to women who are incarcerated, who are the, the, the sole legal custodians and providers for children when they're separated from them? What type of provisions or jobs or resources are made available to allow these women to continue to be mothers, continue to support their children. Thank you for listening live from the plantation. We'll be back on the other side of the break. Uh, Abolition Today Radio, all of our partners, uh, we thank everyone for their support. Thank you for joining in. If you want to be a caller, please press 1. And coming back on the other side of the break, uh, Queen Nikki D will be in control of the host queue. We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. 
piling on Two-thirds of person Great things and beatings and suffering and worsening Like human packages tied up in Like rage can come from all these kinds of things Like rage founded on blatant denial Please economic Survival, deafening silence and social control. Black rage is found in all wounds in the soul. When the dogs bite, when the bees sing, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember all these kinds of things, and then I don't fear. So Black race founded, fed us self-hatred, lies and abuse, while we waited and waited, spiritual treason, this grid and its cages, black rage is founded on these kinds of From the plantation. 
I will. Sister Nikki, uh, there you go. Brother Benu? Can we still in um, two? Do we still have a yes. I'm also? still here. Yes. I apologize. I had myself muted. Okay. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, so Queen Nikki D here with the Sam Queen team. Again, we have our sister Kim on the line that has been more than a decade at Tutwaller. Um, you were asking about the labor. I think everyone knows that um, Tutwaller makes all of the clothing for Alabama Department of Corrections. Um, I recently learned from the sister Kim that they also um, are responsible at the work release for cleaning the governor's mansion. And then you asked about as far as opportunities to take care of children. So I'm going to let Kim answer that because I'm not familiar with it. So, um, As far as the resources and the pay, the only job that pay for truck while in the prison is the factory and you have the canteen. Those are the only jobs that pay. And when you go to, like, the Women's Worker League, which is in, in Montgomery and Birmingham, the only state jobs that pay is you drive a van or you work at the canteen. And the other job is free. So if you ain't got the support that you need on the outside, you don't have nothing. Plus, your children and stuff, like you think it goes What do those jobs pay? What do those jobs pay as far as inside? I know that the majority of the stuff that they do is free, but for the jobs that they do pay, what is the pay rate like? Um, the factory is $0.25 cent an hour. The canteen, if I'm not mistaken, they were like, like $0.20. Because, like, I worked at the factory, and every month my check would be like seven between $0.17 and $2 a month. So that's oh, all they nice. pay. And I saw the state vans as well, and that's all they pay, too. Yeah. But as far as researching and stuff for your resources and stuff for your kids, like I said, it goes back to the outside. Because if you got, if the women's got permission to see their kids, they can always sign up for AIM and AIM make sure that their kids don't want for nothing. Even during Christmas time, you know, they send them, they get people to sponsor them and they give them all kind of toys and stuff. So they have a good Christmas as well, the children do. Okay. But that's an organization I guess we need to try to reach out to uh, for people that are interested in, in linking up with organizations that are already doing something. Uh, this sister seems to speak highly of the work that they're doing. They're doing an important job. So I always think that it's best for us to reach out to them and whatever we want to do, kind of collaborate with people who already have a footstep in the door and figure out what we can do to support them. If they're doing something that you had an uh, idea in mind, um, just you know, show, show support for what they got going on. Uh, but we're trying to ultimately figure out how to bring our women home, you know. Uh, another thing that, that disturbed me about the DOJ report, um, we talked about we talked about this previously, um, and I'll mention it again. When adults, grown men and grown women have sex, uh, children are conceived. And so we heard stories about, yeah. you know, a, a trailer being somewhere outside of the prison where abortions are being formed, uh, drug cocktails being provided. We also heard stories about children being born um, and being removed from the mothers who are incarcerated. The officers have families and, and wives and children, and they don't make that a part of their family. So speak about those things, you know, um, as, as far as sex, uh, women being pregnant, 
abortions? Are the rumors true? And what happens to the children who are conceived as a result of these um, illegal um, relationships? Okay, the, 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 most of the thing that you spoke on is true. And so they say a lot of people that had abortions got through health care, which I can't just stand on there. But I do know it's a girl that now that I call her name. She was she had a baby by an officer, and her, she, she got her family raised. But then you have another girl that was in there. It's, called, it's a house called a Doolum house. Well, Tuck, once you have your baby, you have 24 hours to get somebody to come get them. And once the 24 hours, of, you know, the ladies have to come back to Tuck Rattle. But if no one came and got them in your family, they take them to this house called the Doolum House. And a lot of girls that didn't got out couldn't even get their kids back from this foster home. And they know the name of the place called Doolum Home, but it was hard for them to locate it, too. But they said it's right down the street from Tuckwater, but don't nobody really know the location. So wow. it was man okay, to the Doolum Home. That was very interesting information to me. I had never heard the name. I'm sure it was interesting to a lot of other people to hear that name. And I'm also sure that there are going to be some people who are listening who are definitely going to start looking into that. So um, I just wanted you to repeat that name again. Uh, if you know how to spell it, spell it for us. Uh, any other details or information you can give us about that, uh, how that process works, those ch- children being taken there and whatnot. Uh, and I apologize for the interruption. Oh, it's okay, but it's called Abdulam. And I really don't know how to spell it, but it's called Abdulam House. And it's supposed to be in Wittunka, right between Wittunka and Montgomery. So that's where a lot of the kids go once the parents have them, if their family don't come get them. And they do give you the opportunity for your family to come get them. But once your 24 hours are up, you know, the kids go to Abdulam House. And like I said, there's been girls that came in, it was crying and they're so hurt that when they got out, they couldn't get their kids back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the reason why, but that's where they, they took while to take the kids once you have, once you go in labor, they take them to a Doolum house. And like okay. I said, it's between Rick Tonka and Montgomery. But real quick, you know, if you all can hear me, yeah, uh, this ahead. is Jamelia. So it's a Doolum, A D U L L A M. And it's under Adulam International Ministries. Oh. And it's at, tw- okay. it's at 20, 26 Fire Tower Road, W-E-T-U-M-P-K-A, Alabama, 36092. Okay. Um, can, when, when we get off the phone, can you post that information to the Pam Queen team group? Uh, make sure yes, Queen Nikki B gets it, and we definitely uh, can make. Um, we're gonna make use of that. We're gonna put a. We'll, we'll brainstorm about how to use this information. Um, how uh, the Queen team, uh, Sister Kim, and them can um, start engaging on this issue because this is a very important issue. Because she said that she said since she said an officer who had a child with the, um, one of the women who was incarcerated there. His family is raising a child. But what happened to the officer? What type of action or what? how do they right. deal with that when they know that? Now, two of the officers that, that got the girl pregnant, two girls pregnant, um, both of them got fired. Okay. One of um, them, the one that was taking the girls to 
like to the trailer. It was fucked up because it was a trailer back there behind the chapel, and that's where they used to go. But they claimed that uh, they filed charges on him, but the girl didn't want him to file charges. So she called herself to fell in love with him, but her um, family got the little girl, and the girl still comes on visitation when I left. The girl, the baby was still coming on visitation, which they called, even the officer was laughing about it, and they called the baby, they stay child. And this is mm. same baby right here. It's the baby we take. So it was a big old jump, and she was going along with it. She was young. She used to laugh. So her family bring the baby on visitation. She'd be like, our baby coming, our baby coming. You know what I'm mm. saying? So they made a joke out of her. She, and I think she really liked the attention. You know, she was a young girl. She was out of Birmingham, but she just really, I think, liked the attention. And hey, just want to I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. okay. And then the oh, other you? officer, he was a young officer, but he got fired. But his mother is the head nurse at Tuckwiler. So mm. what she did, she was mad because her son got this girl pregnant with the girl was white and the officer was black. So she was so mad and embarrassed that she retaliated on the girl. The girl had a hard time in there, and she was the head nurse at Tuckwiler. But she was mad by her son. Okay. So that was a big old mess uh-huh. right there too. Okay. Wow, this is um this is, we really appreciate you um sharing these insights. Um live from the plantation. A story from the inside that you only can get from the inside. You know, that's what makes this this, this storytelling, this dialogue and this platform so important because like I said, uh a lot of the media is not extending their platform to these voices, to these stories because really what it does for the state of Alabama. It implicates so many people, you know, and she said that two officers got fired. But we all know that this is a crime. This is considered a, a sex crime. Um, it's, an abuse, it's, an, it's an authority figure using this position of power over someone. So it's so many different things that are being said that are not being said in, in legal terms that are being just discussed in layman terms. But there are a lot of legal issues involved in this. And so I wanted to ask you, just over the course of your over a decade being there, um, just a rough estimate. I know you don't know the exact number. How many how many children would you say, um, the percentage wise, it says a thousand women there. How many women do you think have abortions every year because of any inappropriate relationships? Uh, prior to the DOJ report, I don't know how it, things changed after the DOJ report, but just before there was even any mm-hmm. spotlight on it. How many women do you think a year was having abortions, and how many women a year do you think was having children? Now. The time I was there for us having children, I only knew three. But for sex rise and abortion, because they had, oh, man, it was so many. Now, I can count, I'm just thinking, at least about 10 from the time mm-hmm. or more from the time I've been there that really just was having sex and got caught, and it was on record. But it was so okay. many hadn't got caught. So I said half of the women, you know, that, that, oh, it was like, out of thousand women, it's probably like about let's say about three hundred women. Wow. And then we had one officer and I know you probably know her if I called his name, but he was having sex with the women and like five women in a with a disease. He left Tuckwiler because he the one was giving them the this disease and moved to the men prison and and became a captain. Mm-hmm. After he did this to the women. 
But I know you probably heard the story. You probably know who I'm talking about. At the same time, he just got fired because he handcuffed one of the guys and beat him to death. Mm-hmm. And he just got fired what, about six or seven months ago. It might have been the beginning of this year. But he was one he was one of the officers that got fired from Chuck Riley and but he transferred to the men's and became no, I'm not a captain, I'm sorry, a sergeant. But he was also the same one that was having sex with all these women and you gave like four or five of them a disease. And, how can and they knew about that. There? And they knew about and they knew about and that. They that's knew. the reason why they got rid of him because of that. Yes. That was the reason? Okay, okay, okay. And moved ranks. And then he moved up. And I right. didn't nobody understand. The women were so mad about that. But he just got okay. caught by handcuffing some guy that went to lock up. There probably been two guys, but one of the guys he beat real bad. Okay. okay. And they just finally caught him. Okay, so um, at this trailer that you say was behind the chapel of all places, Mm-hmm. Um, who was performing these abortions? Is it the prison nurses? Do they have private nurses coming on? Who is managing that property? Because whoever put that property there for that purpose or to allow that purpose to go on, all of these people are are complicit in criminal acts. So I'm just wondering who's 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 who owned the trailer or did the did the private companies that provided health care did their staff do it? Who were the people that that um that, that did the dirty work inside of that? Now, for us, the trailer, you know, it's probably like about two or three trailers. They call themselves putting the trailer on there for more education, a drug, another drug dorm. You know, they call themselves making it for the prison. Of course, they never did. They just still stood there. But one of the girls, I mean, her friends right now, she's still my friend today. And when she had her boy, she had got pregnant by the, by the chief in the kitchen. But what they did to her is they gave her a pill. So I don't know. I think all of them might, all of them might have, you know, had, um, they gave all of them the pill. Uh, was it just her? So I really don't know all the information. I don't want to speak on that because I really don't know how they really got, okay. Okay. you know, who all did the work or who did it. Okay. Okay. And the reason why I'm asking that because, like you said, they gave her a pill. Okay, there has to be a source. Someone's buying this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So there's mm-hmm. no way that the state cannot say, the state can say that they didn't know what was going on. You have to know what's going on. These purchases, these narcotic purchases are on an invoice somewhere, and people who are ordering it mm-hmm. know what these drugs are being used for. And so if we can get a, an audit of this drug and see how many pills they've ordered and how many they have, I think that we can start, you know, unraveling what's going on, what has gone on, and just how big, how deep the money hole is uh, at Tuckwater. Because we know, we don't know half of the story. You know, we understand that you're not sitting here and you have no kind of records or anything like that. You're giving just rough estimates and whatnot. But common sense tells us that with this environment going on, there were no curtains up. Men had unrestricted access to, to, to women in, in all types of positions. Uh, unlimited control over women, and then the report tells us what was going on. We know that, you know, that is a story within just the the, the market of childbirth and abortion and where it's going on and who else. That story within itself is bigger than the story that's already been put out there. Uh, how many children are there out there, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? So we're just trying to just, just get some insight so people can understand, you know what I'm saying, there are specific unique issues that are taking place at women's prisons that we need to stand up for 
uh, in addition to the, the common issues that we all have, uh, the, the larger issue of the struggle for freedom. So I just wanted to uh, chime in on that right there. If I may, real quick, brother, um, I'm sitting here doing I'm I'm doing some research on this Adulam International Ministries, um, and something that is, as I listen to you and the sister talk, that's really kind of bothering me is that, um, you know, sex trafficking and uh, the black market for our babies is something that's very real, and it looks like this Adulam International Ministries they have a variety of things going on. They've got a thrift store. Um, they've got a they've got a, a, a school a, a Christian school. Uh, the founders are, are are originally from Britain, um, and so I would not be surprised. And they and they say on their website that they receive no government funding. I wouldn't be surprised if they are connected to that trailer and that chapel. They're providing those services independent of the state actually knowing. I don't know if there may be those records. I think that they may be funneling this money or bringing these drugs in um, through this through this ministry program um, and, and getting these children, whether it's providing the abortion services or actually taking the children mm-hmm. and putting them on the black market after the fact. If I may just add to that, I was also reading about this group, and it, apparently the husband – is ministering in prisons in Russia and South America. Yep. Mm. So the plot keeps thickening. With just that little bit of information, I knew, um, just hearing that name, that you know what I'm saying, that there's no telling where it's going to take us. We're just getting started. Uh, the sister, uh, Jamelia, she looked the name up for it. We're so grateful for her. Can you put the information out there again just for the listeners on the call so that they hey, can brother, get a, a backdrop of Yes, sir. Just so you know, every week we're an interactive uh, show. So if you go to Abolition Today on Facebook, I'm putting the posts up as you talk about them so people can grab them for whatever purposes they they need on Abolition okay, Today on Facebook. Okay. And I, right, just, uh, I also just put that information in the uh, Live from the Plantation site, and I'm going to tag you all, too. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Um, so, um, I don't know where to go next. I mean, it's just um, so so. Max, you say that the husband run about run about again. I missed some of what you said. If you don't mind. The husband is ministering to prisoners and prisons in Russia and South America, while the wife runs uh, a Dulum, uh center here in Alabama. What is a Dulum center? I think. The, the place that Andy they run. Spackman. Yes. Oh, that's the name of a, a doodle. Okay. All right. All right. Um, yeah. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're just doing a little background check, trying to find out what's going on at Tutwiler Women's Prison here in the state of Alabama. Uh, Fam Queen team. Uh, Nikki D's hosting the call. Uh, she was. She got in. Touch with Sister uh, Kim and brought her on. We were expecting to hear from some of the women on the inside. Uh, we know how tight security is, and from listening to the sister tonight, we know how many problems they're facing. So what we're going to do, I'm going to uh, get Queen Nikki D back on so she can share with you all her contact information. And after that, we're going to transition over to Brother Kent with Free the 13th and the Plus Movement so he can give us an update on the Plus event. And also, Queen Nikki, if you could give us an update on Brother Kinetic Justice and, and, and let us know if there's anything we need to be putting out there or working towards to uh, try to aid in the city. Okay, so 
the Fam Queen team, we have the Fam Queen team um, page. We have Fam Queen team as a group. We have Shut Tutwaller Down as a group. Um, we have an email, fam at famqueenteam.com. If you want to contact us, it's 334-245-0761. Um, as far as an update on um, Brother Kinetic, um, he did lose access to the phone. Um, he's working to be able to get another one to be able to get in contact. Don't know what that is. Oh, that is the conference call music. So I think that the conference call just got disconnected. So let me check real quick to make sure. Are you still there? I'm still here. Kent's still online too, bro. Okay. So it may have disconnected the conference call line. Um, that may have been what it was. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it was. <laughs> but that's the contact information for the Queen team. What we're looking to do is basically um, in 2014, the DOJ came out with the, with the report for Tutwaller, the women's prison here in Alabama. Nothing has been done. No one has been held accountable. There's not been any real changes. Um, the sister Kim just explained to, to us, you know, what all still goes on and what she experienced. Hopefully soon we will have someone directly from the inside that will be able to call, call and share their experience. But we're looking to organize protests and demand change um, for the women, you know, here in Alabama. So, and with that, I peace. Thank you, Nikki. What about Brother Kinetic? Can you update us uh, in any kind of way? you have anything you want to share with us? Uh, quite a few people have been asking um, about him so, Brother Kinetic doesn't have a way to communicate at the moment. Um, that happened effective last night. So, if you have communication with him, please don't try. Um, and, you know, he, he's working to be able to get back in communication um, as quick as possible. There was um, a search done, and there was a lot of people that lost, you know, the ability to communicate. Okay, thanks a lot. So uh, y'all already know what time it is. Man down, man down. On all hands on deck. The the most important voices have to be heard. You know, those people who are not afraid or those people who are leading by example and setting the standard. You know, we got to make sure we protect protect those, protect our leaders and be there to support them uh, when they need our assistance. I don't think I need to say too much. We all know what the situation is, uh, what the request is. So, uh, Get in touch with uh, Queen Nikki D. Queen uh, Queen Nikki D. Will um, uh, definitely make sure the business get handled. So uh, just whatever you can do, uh, please do so. Reach out to uh, Fam Queen Team on Facebook. They have a Facebook group and a fan page. And uh, Queen Nikki D. You can uh, give them the uh, email address also and phone number. Okay. So it's uh, Nikki. You can just email Nikki D. N i k k i d at samqueenteam.com um, or you can send me a personal message um, Nikki space D space that's me on Facebook the contact number is 334 245 0761
Thanks a lot. And uh, we'll, she has that information online in case you missed it. You can find it in a, a number of places. And um, we're going to be looking at this uh, doula house uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm already confident that before the week is out, by the time next week, they're going to be uh, very well known. I know that people are very interested in that. That was very important uh, information, I'm sure, because the next question is funding. You know, where are they getting funding from? Who, who's paying for this stuff? Uh, who all involved? Uh, what are the records show? This is almost like one of those scandals at the Catholic Church where all the records are buried, you know what I'm saying? And the people who are the record keepers are also part of the conspiracy. Uh, there's no way that they could be involved in this on this level. So what is their connection? Who are their funding sources? And you know what I'm saying? It's, we we got to rip the mask off of this stuff. Uh, I think that would be an excellent place for us to plan a protest, um, to go down there and to demand some answers, to um, make them turn over some documents and show us what's really going on and expose to the people of the state of Alabama. Uh, because remember, if those children are turned over to state agencies, then they become uh, what they call wards of the state, and the state is paying for it. So if taxpayers are paying for these stuff uh, because of these type of criminal uh, uh, misconduct on the part of officers, then this should be public information. And so these people who are involved in it, they know that these are crimes that are being committed. They're complicit in them. They're concealing them. Uh, and Sister Kim said that when the women at Tutwiler get out, they're having difficulty uh, gaining custody of their kids. So what type of, of legal structure are these children being turned over uh, to these institutions for? What is the paperwork? What are the laws? Who are the people that drafted these laws? You know, it's just a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, but, you know, we'll get to the bottom of it. We'll do our part, and we hope that you all contribute also. Uh, so at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Kent from the Plus Party. Uh, he's going to share with us an update about the 3 to 13 virtual rally from October 26th uh, through October 29th. Peace and blessings to the episode. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well tonight. Um, just want to come on and give everybody a little small briefing really about uh, – this Free the 13th event. Um, this Free the 13th event will, uh, will consist of uh, four days of virtual educating. You know, each day we're going to have two wonderful speakers that's going to educate us as to the, uh, the Free the 13th event. And uh, with, this, with this event, you know, uh, we're going to learn, I'm talking about, about the past, present, as well as the future, of uh, the effectiveness of this 13th Amendment. Many people don't know what the 13th Amendment is or how it affects us daily. So, therefore, um, in my opinion, the 13th Amendment, once it does get changed, you know, globally, nationally, you know, it'll it'll change the world, really. But uh, it's going to be four days. It's going to be four days of, of educating two speakers one from the inside, one from the outside each day, educating us on uh, different aspects and different stages of the 13th Amendment. And on the last particular day, it will be boots on the ground, whereas uh, various leaders and organizations will, um, will, will, some will march, some will protest, you know, in their various areas, in their environments, you know, to bring more awareness to their areas and to get more people involved within their particular area. You know, the uh the event would be the event will be uh done by 
many different organizations, many different uh, activists that is um, participating in this here from, from Mississippi to Alabama to Texas to Ohio to many different places, you know. So, um, and if you all that want to get involved, uh, you can just contact, you can just just contact any of the, any of the individuals that's uh, on this platform right here because we all are a part of it in some shape, form, or fashion. And uh, just stay in tune. And after and after that, you know, uh, I also want to say uh, there are a, a few more because I know that one of my my, my comrades uh, in um, in Louisiana. They're also having uh, the decarcerated Louisiana organization. They're having another. They're having a, a, a an event themselves around that same particular time. And I told uh, I told my brother that I'd be able to uh, put that out there as well. So it's many people that are fighting for this 13th Amendment, and uh, not all of us, not all of them are together as we should be. So we're doing our best to uh, try to organize and strengthen it to the best of our ability. But anybody that want to get involved in it and learn more about it, you know, please just follow any of the comrades' uh, uh, contacts that you have linked to this platform right here, and um, we'll put you in tune the best way we can with anybody that's in your area or if you want to bring it to your area, we'll help you with that too. A peace and blessings to the multitude. Hello, everyone. Um, we appreciate everyone joining uh, tonight. We, we certainly appreciate the information Sister Kim came and shared with us. We appreciate uh, Fam Queen Team, Queen Nikki D, uh, for, for connecting us with this sister, connecting us with this very important voice and continuing to work on getting Tuck Wilder shut down and also establishing a relationship with the women on the inside of Tuck Wilder so that we can learn more about some of these things that we're hearing. Are we still on? Uh, yes. Okay, yes. Uh, so um, we're just trying to um, um, get a grasp on this thing. You know, tonight we heard a name we hadn't heard before in a while. Already we got information. Uh, no telling how many people's involved, no telling how many lives have been impacted by this stuff, uh, but it's a worthy cause, it's a worthy effort. So um, if your organization is doing something, you know, link up with us. Uh, a lot of us right now are working through uh, uh, the Plus Party's Free the 13th rally. Uh, we would like to invite you all to, to, to reach out and connect with us on that platform, help us share the message. We're going to have an invite link, a uh, registration link, uh, should be coming out in the next day or two. We're going to start putting that on our platforms. We want you to share it with uh, local universities, colleges, high schools, churches, organizations, nonprofits, uh, community activists. Share it everywhere because we're going to break down the dynamics of the 13th Amendment uh, and try to cover uh, a lot of the tentacles. You know, very few areas of the 13th Amendment, how it operates in this country, are going to be missed on this because this this will be ammunition for, for this fight, for people to – to get these to get more people in the public informed about what these problems are, why we're having these same type of problems, why we continue to have these discussions, you know, what are the real solutions, uh, the things that they're hearing on the news, they'll be able to assess whether these are, are legitimate solutions or are these politi politically correct uh, statements being made. So uh, thanks to everyone. Uh, plus, thanks Abolition Today, uh, JLS, uh, I Am We, Network, um, all the people who have made this possible, uh, the fiscal sponsors, there's too many people to name. And to be quite frank with you, I don't even know some of their names. Uh, <laughs> but that just tells you about the character, integrity of those people. They're not even concerned with their name being known. 
the organization being known, they're concerned with the voices being heard and to facilitate the, the, the request uh, from the people on the inside when we say we want to try to do this, we want to try to do that. They don't come in with no ideas or none of that. They come in and say, okay, well, tell us what tell us what to do. Uh, show us how we can do that. Show us how we can make that happen. Uh, abolition today, Brother Max, you know, and Brother Youssef and their platform, we can't thank them enough. I mean, he's taking his own time out uh, to host this show. He doesn't do it for any type of, uh, you know, pats on the back or anything like that. You know, but we, we, we feel obligated and indebted to acknowledge these people and, and, and to lift their names and lift their organizations up because this is the time, uh, this is the right thing to do, so we should all be involved. So uh, this is live from the plantation uh, coming to you again, uh, bringing another important um, uh, area, uh, the women's voice to this, that as we've always strived to do. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Queen Nikki D and let her, let her close us out with live from the plantation. Come right you know, ahead, you know, ahead, brother, you still got plenty of time left. Comrade, if you could, uh, we had one more. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. One person I forgot. Called. Do we have any other callers on, brother? I apologize. Yes. I apologize. You got several, as a matter of fact. Okay, let's go ahead. bring the callers on. Yeah. 9117, you, your mic is already open. You are live from the plantation. Hi, my name is Miss Martin, and I am with Prison Voices SC. And we are trying to bring awareness. First and foremost, I want to say I am so sorry for the things that are going on in Albany. If there's anything that we can do out here in South Carolina to help, we will help. I wanted to know, is it okay if we bring up um, any topic that's going on in Albany at our event that we have coming up? Oh, definitely. I, you know, you, I'm the person that you communicated with online, and I forgot okay. that you were on. So I just, that was my neglect, my problem. I mean, my fault. Sure, go ahead. That's what we brought you on for. We wanted you to let people know uh, she's representing Free South Carolina Movement. They have some events and whatnot coming up, and she wants to share that. And hopefully, uh, if you're in the area, you want to support her. If you hear it and you want to get involved, she's going to share uh, information with you. Go ahead. Yes. Um. Um. On October fifth, uh, they had an investigation for SCDC, and um, SCDC had passed the investigation. Our headquarters had lied and said that the, our inmates received showers, that things are being sanitized in the in the um, facility, and it's not. They're not feeding our inmates properly. Uh, there are um, at least uh, 31. They have on file 31 inmates had died from COVID, but we have proof that more inmates had died from COVID in the jail system. So we are trying to bring awareness to these things so that they can do another investigation. And we just need all the support that we can. Okay. Can you um, give us some contact information um, as far as how people can get in touch with you? Uh, do y'all have any kind of conference calls? Or uh, we, We're sharing a lot of our platforms. You can come into our platforms and share your information so people can figure out how to contact you. And then we can figure out how to bring all of our organizations together and have larger conversations with more organizations because – we all we're all dealing with the exact same problem, so that means we should all be working on the exact same solutions, and we should be doing it together. We should be all moving in one accord, uh, in lockstep, to try to bring about change. So, uh, if you would please share your contact information and and let us know some of the things that you you all have going on as far as the planning and organizing side, uh, and if there are some areas where y'all need particular assistance with, put that out there so that people who are listening and have something to offer can can do so. Uh, my contact number is 
That's 803-638-9117. You can contact me at prisonvoicessc at gmail.com. Um, right now, we need help with starting on how to start a petition, um, how to get that started. We don't really know. We have started a petition, but it's, like, really not moving as fast as we as we hope it will be moving. So we wanted to know how can we get any updates on the, how far y'all have gotten in y'all thing because we, like, actually started just starting out. So we, like, need as much help as possible of how to start getting these things in front of the people that can help. Okay, great. Um, I think for a start, what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to get with Brother Kent and we'll get with Brother Max, and uh, we'll figure out a way because we we're, we're, we're currently having meetings on a weekly basis on a set day. And what we got to do is to incorporate you all into that meeting, but we also have to start uh, um, a separate group where we can start having these discussions around. Because what we're currently doing is working on a particular event, but we know that this event is going to evolve and grow into other things. And so what we probably need to do is to go ahead and start laying the foundation for what's going to come behind it, start setting a regularly scheduled meeting day, and start bringing in so just what you just said, because we got people working on petitions. Uh, we got people who had success with it. We got people who had success with legislation and so many other things. And so if we get everyone at the table at the same, same time and we can brainstorm at the same time, then we can start talking about solutions. So uh, once again, just go ahead and add your contact information once again, please. Yes, it's 803-638-9117. Prison Voices. SC, SC at gmail.com. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks a lot. Um, we really appreciate you coming on, sharing that. She does have a flyer. Uh, we got a copy of that. We're going to start sharing that out tonight. I'm going to get a copy of it to Max. He can post it. And so uh, you can go into Abolition Today on Facebook group and share from their group or whatnot. So we're just going to try to um, – Keep the momentum going for free to 13th uh, to deal with the, the, the cause of the issues because all of these issues are being caused by the same thing, the 13th Amendment. And so we want to stay on the cause, uh, help, in, help when we can uh, in important areas like right now with this COVID-19. Like she said, the, the cleaning center, we got to do what we can uh, short term to keep people uh, safe. And then long term, we have to stay focused on repeal and replace. So thanks a lot for calling in. Uh, and we'll definitely be in touch. Max, do we have other callers on the line also? Yes, you have Thank several, you so as a matter of fact. Okay, let's go ahead and bring the callers on. Um, that flyer is now posted on Abolition Today with her contact information. Uh, caller 9520, you are live from the plantation. 9520, you are live from the plantation. You may have muted yourself, so click your unclick your mute button. Nine five two. Last four digits. Last four digits of your phone number are nine five two zero. Good evening. I just, there you go. go ahead, Good Doc. evening, everybody. Um, I just want to say hello, but I didn't have my hand up. I don't know how how I got in in the hosting box, but um, I just want to say you know give a shout out to all the brothers that's that's, that's standing on the front lines, that putting yourselves at risk and and to get this message out and to, to, to um, let people know exactly what's going on the inside, and, and I play that role also myself. And I just want to say thank you to all the people that 
have the, the the patience and the nerve to 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 um share your time with us and to want to be a part of doing what's right at a time such as this and um I just want to say thank you all from the depths of my heart and just um keep us in your prayers and whatever you can to do us to help this situation to bring this thing to a close and free the slaves that's been suffering for so long, you know, I mean, there's so many issues going on, but in the front four of my mind, I think that we really should be trying to free the slaves right now because there's so many obstacles and so many um, things that stand in the way of, of survival in here. And, um, but whatever you can do is it, appreciated. And, and I thank you all and, and keep doing what you're doing. And I'm pleased with that. Thank you so much for calling in, brother. We really appreciate it. God bless, brother. Um, brother Max, who we got up next? All right. Um, coming up next is going to be 3851. 3851, you are live from the plantation. Thank you. Actually, I got my question answered. I wanted to know about this DOJ judgment, um, and I just pulled it up, and I'm reading it as we speak. So thanks for all your great work and for the brave people who are speaking out. Thank you. And thank you for calling in and supporting us. We appreciate it. All right, you All right, still got another Max. one. Uh, Come on with six, six, four, five, oh, you are live from the plantation. Peace, 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 son. So what's up, brother? Peace. Yeah, this brother wife, brother wife on the inside. Uh, good, glad to have you on, wife. What you got for us tonight, live from the plantation? Yeah, man, I just want to give a big shout out to all the supporters out there, the one who behind us on the brothers in the inside because it is a mental exhaust, you know, it's a very mental exhaustive for dealing with the brothers trying to organize and strategize in the inside, but we're getting together, though, man. And the main thing is to attack the 13th Amendment because through the 13th Amendment is how they do their mass incarceration and keeping us in lockdown, man, keeping us in the inside. So, you know, I just want to give a big shout-out to Max and the rest of, rest of the people with their own organizations. And all the good and the hard work that y'all have on the outside, man, pushing, we got to push and get them to um, reappear the 13th Amendment, man. So we appreciate y'all much love. Thanks a lot, Brother Wise. Brother Wise checking in. Appreciate you uh, standing in the saddle with us on the front line, bro, because, you know, we all of us got – it's going to take all of us collectively uh, working together to get this thing. So, um, yeah, brothers, make you want to cry up in here sometime, man. <laughs> Trying to tell you, you know, we've been watching this fight for so long, and to see it just blowing up right now the way it should be, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's real change happening. So shout out to all of you for having the bravery and the courage and the sacrifices that you make doing this every day. Thank you. All right, so I don't see any more hands up. If you want to make a question or a comment, just press number one on your keyboard, and that'll put you in queue. Uh, if you don't have a question or a comment and you're in queue, just press one to take yourself off. Uh, there you have it. Brother Benu. Uh, real quick, this right. is Amelia. I kind of want to piggyback off what Max said, and um, I want to thank you all, um, you know, being these strong, amazing, resilient um, human beings that have defied all of the odds that have been stacked against you. Thank you, whatever it is that you've been doing, to keep your mind intact, to keep your spirit and your heart intact, to not give up the fight for yourself. Full, like 
it's really admirable and encouraging. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to help and support, but I just, I thank you guys so much, you know what I mean? Because you all just listening to you talk, you dispel so many of the myths and the beliefs that people on the outside have about our loved ones who are incarcerated. And to think of all the brilliance and the genius that is being locked up uh, behind these vicious walls and that you all have done so many years behind these walls, and yet you remain humble and loving and kind and resilient, and to know that you are way more than what your situation or circumstances um, have caused. I just I commend you all, and I thank you so much. You're empowering and encouraging for me. I tell you what, um, it makes it easy when we know we got people supporting us, and you know we're just trying to do the right thing. You know, uh, not everyone in prison is, is, is guilty. There are a lot of innocent people in prison. Uh, there are people who who committed the offenses that they were charged with, uh, but for whatever reason, circumstances or whatnot, they overcame that. Uh, people, uh, we've been able to rehabilitate ourselves, educate ourselves, and realize that we have more to offer than what we were putting out. And so that's what the thing is that guys are coming into that realization and and embracing that, embracing the opportunity to say, hey, I can do something positive, I can do something constructive, I am better, and that is to deny and denounce. Uh, all of the negatives that the state and the, the judge and the parole board and everybody has something negative to say about us. But guys have embraced the opportunity because, remember, these are opportunities that we're creating on our own. The, the state is not creating these opportunities. We're being men, we're being women, we're being adults, and we're seizing the moment and creating our own opportunities and stepping into the window. And people are supporting us. Uh, you know, we I don't know how many different states uh, we've had call on and press one tonight. I know we've kind of had at least four different states uh, coming on this, this this panel tonight, and there are probably many other different states who haven't pressed one. But this is a growing movement, and so free the thirteenth. What you heard him talking about the abolish slavery national network that Brother Max is a part of. Uh, these are organizations that are, 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 are organically growing. We're coming together and trying to figure out how we're going to bring all these pieces together. Because we pretty much have a platform. We know we have the repeal and replace movement on the outside. We know we have the economic disruption movement on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're putting it all together. And so it's our responsibility to organize this power and the people that we have. And so that's what we're doing with these calls, with these opportunities. We're trying to undo uh, systemic issues that were put in place intentionally to put us in these positions, to keep us in these positions, and to allow these things to continue to go on. We're trying to stop that. Uh, Brother Max, share with us a, a, a Abolish Slavery National Network um, and give us an update on what's going on and let us know about abolition today, how people can uh, stay in contact, follow you, get more informed. Uh, Max is the expert, y'all. He's the resident <laughs> expert that we go to. Uh, anything dealing with the 13th Amendment, any law, any state, any provision, uh, a Max is our guy. He's right there with us, and he's doing this all volunteer. Never charged us a dime, never even thought about it. He, he's just doing what Max does. This is what he loves to do. Uh, I'm all about freedom for my people, brother. You know, I, I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey, in poverty. Uh, the movie Lean on Me was about my high school, uh, Eastside High School. You know, I know what it's like. I'm a father of two incarcerated children who spent 30 years collectively behind bars. So this is me, you know, this is my life just like it's yours, you know what I mean? So why not fight for it? And 
charge you? Oh, come on, brother. We are family. What do you mean, charge you? I already anyway. know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just here. You just showing up. Man, we need this. Okay, I got you, man. We need that. That's it. If you know I can do it, I can do it. You know, it's all about freedom, man. So, uh, yeah, the Abolish Slavery National Network is growing by leaps and bounds. And only the first uh, nearly six weeks of our existence, we've already gotten 13 states involved. We're aiming for 25 by the end of the year, including Puerto Rico, which has an exception clause written in Puerto Rican in their constitution. Uh, so that's the goal to get half the country on board the ASNN by the end of the year. And it looks like that's going to happen. We've got two states that have an exception clause on their ballot for November 3rd. Arkansas, or rather uh, Nebraska, is Amendment 1. So vote Amendment 1 in Nebraska to end slavery in Nebraska. And in Utah, it's Amendment C. So in Utah, vote Amendment C to remove the exception clause to slavery as a punishment for crime from the state constitution of Utah. In 2021, New Jersey will be doing theirs But they're not removing an exception clause. They're putting in anti-slavery language. So is New York in 2021. 2022 already is Tennessee on the ballot to do the same thing. So we're going to make slavery illegal for the first time in the history of the United States. That's the goal. Uh, You can find out information about everything that we're doing here with the Abolition Today uh, media at Abolition Today on Facebook and also on Twitter. Uh, Everything we talk about in these programs is immediately put up on our social media page so that you can have an interactive experience and get that information almost immediately. Uh, So that's abolitiontoday.org to hear our archives of all of Live from the Plantations, five episodes so far. We're going to try to get as many as we can before anything wrong happens. There you go, brother. Oh, one more okay, thing. So, to join the yeah. Abolish Slavery National Network, go to abolishslavery.us. We will be live streaming uh, the event for the Free the 13th from abolishslavery.us. There you go. There we go. So um, do we have any other callers that we want to hear from? Uh, all you have to do is press 1. Actually, your number will bring you in the host queue and let you share with us. Um, you know, what your experiences are, what you're going through, uh, what you're doing right now. If you heard something that you want to get involved in and be a part of, please press 1. It's very important that we know who you are. It's very important that everyone finds a way to contribute to what we're trying to do. You know, we appreciate people calling in and listening, but we need you to press 1 so that we can bring you forward and you can let us know who you are and tell us, you know what I'm saying, how is it that you want to get involved um, and doing what we're doing because we're all here because we share something in common. We have a common interest here. And so we have a common goal and we have uh, ways that we're going about trying to achieve those goals. So um, if you would, you know, please um, just press one and, and, and talk to us and share with us uh, so that we can um, we can continue to build our coalition and, and continue to move uh, to remove these, these clauses, provisions, exceptions, whatever you want to call it. Uh, from these constitutions and make these people acknowledge uh, that the institution of slavery is still in existence today. All right. Uh, 9520 still has their hand up, uh, so I'm going to bring them in, maybe add another question or comment. 9520, you're back live from the plantation. 
Oh, I'm sorry, brother. I didn't, I, I didn't know I still had my hand up on I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, That's any questions or comments? Man, no, but, uh, uh, man, I, this, this is amazing to me. You know, um, been on the inside for 27 years in a DOC, man, and this is amazing to to be able to come together with the brothers that still care and brothers that still have hope and brothers that still believe in there's a future for our younger black men because what we are doing today is what our forefathers did for us to make sure that we had a chance to be able to stand and to do what's right. And what we're doing today is going to make sure that our children and our grandchildren have a chance to do things right, man. And it's just amazing to be a part of this. And, and, and again, and to all of our supporters that supporting us, Man, it's my hat off to each and every one of you. And Mike, man, I never met you, but you're an amazing brother. And I look forward to the day that God allowed me to embrace you and to greet you with a holy kiss for doing what you're doing. And, and man, just to all my brothers and, and sisters that's willing to stand on their feet and to stand up tall and to stand for what's right and to stand for what's just. Man, you felt you guys just don't know what's in store for you. So with every fiber in my body, I pray to God, keep each and every one of you. And also, Sister Jamelia, what you're doing is amazing. But people, remember, every day that God allows you to wake up and put your feet on the floor, always remember, the only thing that we got to do is keep standing and keep putting one foot in front of the other. And we shall have a victory because when we fight, we win. And our peace with that. Peace with that. Word. Well, we got another, so we got, uh, another caller. Anybody else want to come on and share with you before we get ready to uh, um, wind down for tonight? No, there is uh, no more hands up. There's about a dozen listeners, though, who have called in to listen, as well as those that are listening on the live stream. But uh, everyone with okay. their hand up has their line open, and uh, that's it. Okay, thanks a lot. So um, one final thing I did want to touch on, the income tax. Uh, I'm sure most people already know by now that the, um, the uh, federal judge ruled that people who are incarcerated are entitled to the CARES Act funding. Uh, that's $1,200. You know, if we start, if, if we were able to get all of that money and use that money to just invest a portion of it into the movement, we could build a powerhouse, you know. So when you're thinking about that, you're getting those funds, Thinking about think about the overall struggle, you know what I'm saying. But whatever you do, make sure that you get that money. If you know someone's locked up, um, figure out what you can do to help. Uh, just before we came on the show, I saw that the deadline for paper filing I think had been extended just in the last 24 hours to October 30th. Don't quote me on that. I think I saw that, but I know that the uh, the digital deadline is is extended to November sometime. But I think the paper deadline. Uh, just received an extension on it. So try to get those funds, and, and then when we get them, let's try to be wise with them. Let's try to contribute them to a pool of resources uh, to strengthen our fight because that's one of the main things that we lack is funding within our movement. There are some states where the departments of correction are threatening the guys, telling them they're not going to allow them to receive the funds. So they're trying to strategize against that because they understand, too, this is, this is a powerful, powerful, powerful uh, moment uh, because of the opportunity for the infusion of millions of dollars. You know, millions of dollars uh, is at stake right now, potentially, about the change. And so 
we need to make sure that we seize this moment and uh, take advantage of the opportunity. So uh, there's, like, information shared on Free Alabama Movement Group, uh, Fam Queen Team Group, Abolition Today, uh, Federal Village, um, uh, just, you know, it's everywhere. There's no way you can't find to have come, come, come across it. So uh, try to get, get in contact and get some of that information so we can, uh, we can seize this moment. Um, if we don't have any other callers, uh, I don't know who are we still have in host queue or if anyone's still in the host queue with me, Brother Ken, if you're still on, uh, Queen Nikki B, if anybody, if anyone has any parting words, uh, please speak up now. If not, oh, go ahead. I just want to say one of the things that really bothers me is the fact that uh, government officials, police, even soldiers do not protect our constitutional rights. Our Eighth Amendment, as we've been hearing all night long has been violated beyond belief behind bars and there's nobody doing anything about it the department of justice just like they did in uh the men's prisons determined that in the women's prisons it was a constitutional violation and i'll read it directly from justice.gov it says the justice department issued a findings letter concluding that Wallace subjects its women to prisoners to a pattern and practice of sexual abuse in violation of the eighth amendment of the u.s constitution the findings identified several systemic failures that led to the patterns of abuse, including ineffective reporting and investigations and no grievance policy. Tutwiler has also failed to hold culpable staff accountable for abuses. This is happening to real people, y'all. You know, I mean, we are living, breathing people that this is happening to, and nobody's defending our Eighth Amendment right. And they do that because of the 13th Amendment, which turns you into property. And then they have an agreement with the prisons to determine what rights you're going to be allowed to have while everybody else in this country gets theirs without question. That's what bothers me. If they just defended our rights, things would be so much different. Thank you for that moment, brother. Back to you. Okay. Thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, we appreciate you. Was someone else trying to say something? Was somebody else trying to talk? Okay. Uh, we're wrapping up a little early tonight. We normally go for two hours. Of course, y'all know we're down a man uh, out of the panel, but also this was about um, Tuckwiler tonight, fam, Queen Team, Sister Kim, and those coming on sharing their story with us. So um, that's what tonight was about anyway. So we did get a chance to hear from her. Uh, learned a lot of uh, valuable information, got some great insights. Uh, so we have more work to do, you know what I'm saying? And so, like I said, uh, we're trying to, to bring all of these pieces together. We're trying to organize it and bring it all together and get everything moving in one accord, one heartbeat, one movement, one mind, uh, one mission. And so that's what these conference calls are about. So uh, these are calls to action. These are not calls, you know, we – this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to get people together to answer the call for action. And so we come across these airways to let people know that we're here. Uh, we want to lift the voices up. We want to lift your story up. But we also need you to get involved. Everyone's got to get involved and pull their own weight. You know, there's no way that, you know what I'm saying, we can have the same issue and you need help for your issue and I need help for my issue and we don't come together to help each other because that's how we help each other. We have to come together. So we're trying to build up on this, this platform that we're creating, the 13th Coalition. Uh, we're, we're, we're honing in on the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution, getting ready for uh, the four-day digital virtual event 
uh, that will be hosted by the Plus Party coming up October 26th to October 30th. Uh, several organizations will be having events throughout the month. Uh, you can go on Facebook and you'll see um, just so many different flyers. We, we've got uh, Brother Ken, I think, I know he's got about six different events, six different flyers. So we're going to go on there and make sure we keep that information out as we continue to move to start having uh, consolidated, coordinated events on the same day around the country at the same time. So we thank to everyone for calling and listening in. Thanks to people pressing one and sharing. Uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for supporting. And join us again next week. Every Thursday, 7 o'clock p.m., live from the plantation.
Lots of free.